0: Ayers on the Road, parenting in a modern world. Here's Richard and Linda Ayers. And hi, this is Ayers on the Road this week. We truly have been on the road, not in the (laughs) air. And uh, I've had a really interesting week, which I'll share a little bit later. It is really fun to have some springtime around here. I don't know where you are in the world, but we have been very cold and Finally, finally, it got warm, really warm, like 87. Yeah,
1: wasn't it great the last couple of days? And this this round-the-world trip that we got off of, we were in hot, cold, hot, cold. One day we went from Dubai, where it was 102 to Moscow, where it was 39. minus 102.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it was really cold. In fact, at night it was below freezing, but it, it cracked up to 39 during the day. So we're glad to be back, and we're going to do we, we
1: did a show back in September, or excuse me, back in February, three months ago, on teaching children values, and had a lot of response on that, a lot of interest. And so we're going to talk a little more about the idea Of having an offense where the goal is to teach certain values very deliberately to children in a very organized way because it turns out that the best way to protect kids is not to hover over them or hire a bodyguard or monitor them or whatever I mean we do we do all those things if we can (laughs) but because kids need a lot of protection but It turns out the only way to really protect kids over time is to have them incorporate and imbue within themselves values, which cause them to make the right decisions, both on big things and on little things that end up being the best protection they have. But before we get to that, um, Linda, we're, we're, we're looking right now as we do the show at the website Irs on the Road, the, well, the BYU Radio website, and we just want to point out how great a job BYU Radio does on this website. I mean, you you go on byuradio.org, you click on the list of shows, and there you see our smiling little faces, and you click on Irs on the Road, and then you've got a quite a little menu. We need to use it more, and we just encourage you to use it more too. You've got some additional links that show how to get most of our books for free. You've got um, our newspaper columns. You've got our YouTube channel. You've got uh, Family Share. You've got Values Parenting websites. You've got all the links right there on the BYU Radio website. And this list of shows, Linda, it makes me start to feel old. I mean, I'm just looking at the first page, and it lists 16 shows, the, the most recent 16, and then you look and you, you see that that's page one of 14. Now, if I do my math right, 14 screens times 16 shows, that's 224 radio shows. Oh, my goodness.
0: Would that be how possible? Do, how do we even think of things to talk about well. for that long? <laughs> We just kept plugging along, and every week it's really fun to do this show. We really enjoy it, but we just some every week we think, well, what have we been doing this week? And we hope that it identifies with some things that you've been doing or thinking this week as well.
1: Well, and the great thing about radio shows is you can do them, A, there's two great things. There's two reasons we love radio more than we do TV. We do a lot of TV work, but... There are two advantages of radio is one you can do it from wherever you happen to be. We're in Ogden, Utah. We'll tell you a little more about that in a minute. but you can also do it without dressing up
0: yeah, <laughs> you're right. I did get dressed today, but usually we do this in our pajamas, oh, which is really nice that's
1: the best way to do it and so um why are we in Ogden, Linda?
0: Well, we are in Ogden taking care of five children of one of our children, who she and her husband went off for a weekend, and it was time that they had a break. We're glad we could come, and uh, they're they're not little children. The youngest are twelve, so they really take care of themselves a lot. But we, we went have to a
1: scouting event. So much last fun, night. Yeah.
0: Uh, fundraiser for the all the summer things that they're doing, the kids and so on, and there are four girls, and I mean four boys <laughs> Wait a second. and one girl, <laughs> and uh, they are such terrific kids well
1: they're the only grandkid they're the closest grandkid. they live the closest to us of any of our grandkids, so we were up last week for a track meet that Eliza had, and we were we try to get here as often as we can, and one thing you grandparents have learned you grandparents listening is that if you really want to get to know your grandkids you've got to spend time with them without the parents being around it's a whole different dynamic
0: it's really a whole different children and they they kind of are and It is just so fun to be dip into their lives for a little while and then we'll be ready to go home <laughs> But it really is so interesting. These grandchildren are, are just amazing In fact when we're speaking to audiences now we tell them we have these nine children But we also have a grandchild that but we have one every age you have <laughs> up to 20 and so it really is pretty fun to have these grandkids and see their different personalities and so on. And the world they
1: live in, I mean, it's one its one thing to try to be part of your children's world and, you know, you're one generation removed from them and you have to update your thinking and try to empathize with what they're going through. But when you're a grandparent thinking of your grandchildren, you're two generations removed. And I'll tell you, we we are so aware of how complicated and convoluted it is to raise kids in today's world. This is a complicated time. And the one thing that runs through that's consistent is the values that children really need to have in order to negotiate their world. The world's different, but the values are the same.
0: And, you know, I'm going to get real here for a minute because I've had the most amazing experience this week. I have taken a deep dive into family history. Boy, you really have. And it has taught me so much about teaching children values. Um,
1: Linda's been on the road to Idaho
0: Falls. Idaho Falls. Um, we uh, went there because there was an open house for the Idaho Falls Temple. Those of you who are Mormons know what that means. But others is just a, where the public walks through a temple. And they've re, um, renovated this beautiful temple. And we wanted to see that. But I also have cousin living there whom we used to visit all the time when we were little children and now we're all older she's, well, she's 74 actually, and oh, um yeah. her mother was the family history guru so uh, my sister and i who i adore she's 12 months um younger than i am she just had her birthday this week
1: this is linda and lena the two sisters what do you call sisters that are so close there's twins some kind of twins um
0: Well, let's just uh, call them cozy. Um, (laughs) We love each other. We are just best friends, and we uh, love um, doing things together, but we've been meaning to do this for years. So we decided we were going to go there and see her, but also we have a little bit of family history that we haven't known much about because I have a very complicated family. Some of you will identify with this. Uh, We did not just have mom, dad, two kids. We really had um my mom married for the first time at thirty eight thought she'd never marry, and my dad was thirteen years older, so he would have been forty one and on his second marriage. i mean fifty one and his first wife died of cancer and they had two children with he had two with his first wife so one sister half sister died of cancer at a young age and left three children and the other was a dear guy that was sweet and soft-spoken and dear but also an alcoholic and um, he no one knew what to do with with alcoholics in those days they just um, didn't know what to do or how to help them and it was just so sad but he uh, also married uh, an alcoholic and they uh, had two children and there was a second marriage for both of them and a lot of children involved on the other sides but These two girls were kind of lost to us. We didn't really know exactly where they were. So these are the
1: daughters of your half-brother.
0: Right. right. Okay, so we went to find them. We knew that they'd probably have a sad life because their parents, the mother was... uh, Wonderful person had a hot dinner on the table every night, but also an alcoholic. You had you
1: hadn't seen these two for years. Well, I
0: haven't seen them for years. I saw them once, maybe six or eight years ago, and then and then Lynn and I just dove into this. We we drove into a trailer uh, park where both of these sisters live, and they've had such interesting lives. Um, because That's kind of a kind word for it. Uh, yes, it is S- sad lives. But, uh, you know, they love their parents and so on. But just all the things that you can imagine happening in um, kind of slum situations, um, everything that you can imagine. And by the time we got through the family history on this, one of these sisters was born with fetal alcohol syndrome. And so she's the sweetest, dearest child in the world. But, you know, not exactly right on but she is taking care of herself and four animals two dogs and two cats and she has the cutest little house that she's taking such good care of but wow what a life and it makes me think what what how could we change these lives and and really, the bottom line was, you know, somebody made some parents made some, some bad decisions. decisions along the way.
1: But you know what I wanted to do, just interject on that, Linda? I mean, here, we're going to get into this whole question again of how do parents teach values to children, which which in turn not only protects them, but sort of charts a course for their life. And when you look at these two daughters of your half-brother, it is the lack of of many of those values that have put them in difficult situations. But I just, I've experienced this vicariously. And the interesting thing is the one value that those parents really taught those girls is that they should be kind and help other people. And despite all their difficulties, that's sort of the hallmark of their lives. They try to serve, they try to help people.
0: Honestly, they are pretty and also loyalty to each other. They adore each other. They're both in their 60s now, but uh, one is a nurse, and one uh, the other one uh, worked for a long time as a nurse's assistant and in rest homes and helping people, and then she moved in with her sister and took care of her kids while her sister went to school. And, and yet, you know, there are... That's kind of the one
1: bright point in their life is that they've, right. they've helped, and... What what we want to do in the second half of the show, and we've got a couple of minutes before we go to break, but I, I just think what happens in so many families, and, and not particularly your family in this case, Linda, but just the families we work with day in and day out, so often the parents make the assumption, well, I live by certain values and I have certain things I hold dear and therefore my kids will just sort of pick those up by osmosis. And it's so interesting how instead of having an offense, we often have a defense as parents. We're like, well, things are fine now. And if if my child has a problem or makes a mistake or makes a bad choice, I'll try to go in and solve it. I'll try to help him. I'll be there for him. Well, you hear that from parents. And it's a wonderful thing. I want to be there for my kids. But what we often don't do in parenting, which we do do in most other aspects of life, is to have an offense and to have a goal and to say, these are the values I want to teach my children. They're not just going to happen. I need to teach them one at a time. I need to be deliberate about it. And then you set up a strategy and you go about it. And the thing we've found over and over that works for parents is to focus on just one value each month, not on 10 values, just one at a time and really try to teach it. And there are some methods we can give you to help you do that. So be thinking about that. And, Linda, what are your your final thoughts on, on these these nieces?
0: Are they nieces? Well, they're I guess nie- they're, yes, they're nieces. Yeah. And uh, I just learned so much this week about that. And we'll continue that conversation and give you some ways to teach some values to your kids in the second half. So hang on so that um, we don't end up like they did. Bless their hearts. We'll be right back. We'll be right back after this break.
1: And we're back talking today, again, uh, kind of a reiteration or an extension of a show we did back in February on, on a deliberate approach to teaching values to children so that they will grow up with some sort of inbred basic values that are sort of pole stars that hold them together and that help them make good decisions and basically protect them from this very difficult world we live
0: in. Well, it is a scary world, and I've been talking about my long-lost nieces that my sister and I were visiting this week, and realizing how sad their lives are. And part of it is just drugs and alcohol and chain smoking. So um, these darling girls are really not in good health um, just because of some things that happened to them in their lives beyond their control, but then, You get in a downward spiral, and I don't know what you do. It is really sad and really scary. But, you know, they do have some wonderful values, these girls. They love each other, and they take care of each other. And they have um, problems with their kids. One of them never had children, but the other had a couple children. One's fine, the other one is not. And so, you know, it really is good to have a deliberate plan. I can't imagine them doing this in that day because they're in their 60s. But... Now we can really look forward and say, what do I want to teach my children to prevent that? It's not a guarantee, but it certainly does. Well, I think I think what happens so
1: often is parents get in the the hubbub and the the busyness of day to day life, raising children. You've got school, you've got all these things going on. And we we sort of just get in a pattern where I guess one way to say it, Linda, is sometimes the. The urgent overtakes the important. You know, I mean, a lot of parents today, they're just trying to put out fires. They're just trying to keep up with the daily basic needs of getting kids where they need to be and maintaining a household and feeding them and clothing them and so on and so forth. And all those things are urgent. But the important things are what we're teaching them. And and, and so what parents need is a kind of a way to simplify that. So they don't just say, well, I've got my to-do list for today. I've got to add something else on it about teaching these children something every day. And it just seems to to grow and get more complicated and, and even cause guilt. And so that's why I think this whole idea of just focusing on one single value every month is so powerful. Now, many of you know we one of our books is called teaching your children values and and it doesn't have chapters it has months january is honesty february is respect march is self-reliance and so on and and one of the things we did in writing that book that was really valuable to us as parents was to ask ourselves the question we're going to ask you to ask yourself today what are the values let's say let's say you have a blank piece of paper in front of you and you're going to list what are the 12 values that i if i had a magic wand i'd wave it over my children and these would be the values they'd live by during their lifetime what would those be and what we found in our research is that most parents no matter where they are even irrespective of their religion or their their country or their culture They would basically choose the same values. There are some universal values. They have a little different shading or a little different posturing depending on who you are and where you live. But they're pretty solid, basic things. And Uh, you you might agree with our list of 12 or you might change it a little bit. The important thing is to decide what those values are for
0: you. Well, we had a hard time really coming (laughs) up with all those values. And when we did that book. And we took it to a publisher, or we asked for an interview to see if people wanted to do to do it. They said, "Wait, you can't decide what people's well, well, values are." Well, back are. up
1: a minute. This was a book. let's give them credit. This was Random House, and they asked us to do a book on values, so they were really into it. And and our first well, task true. was coming. Up. Our first task was coming up with what those values would be. And of the 12, we we had the idea early on that it should be one value a month. So we knew we were looking for 12. But when we brought them our list, they they agreed wholeheartedly with 11 of them. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, that's just to get you to where you were.
0: Oh dear! Now they got you. Got to know what the twelfth one was.
1: Well, the one they didn't agree with was fidelity and chastity. Now, isn't that funny? They thought that was a little old fashioned.
0: And this just to, to show you how our culture is gone. They said, you know, this just makes people feel guilty. We're not going to do this. Nope, nope. And we're like, well, we can't do it without that chapter. Sorry, we just believe that's essential. And so we walked out on them and said bye
1: we walked out as authors we walked out on the largest publisher in the world and we got out on the sidewalk of sixth avenue in new york and looked at each other and said we just lost our publisher but it turned out well because simon and schuster came along and well they, they liked that
0: chapter. well what happened was five years happened
1: yeah, five things, years things later. Things changed in the world.
0: And uh, things changed in the world. They realized this was really important for kids. And so they said, you know, I like this book, but the best chapter is the one on teaching uh, chastity and fidelity. So, okay, going on. Um, <laughs> we we did come up with a little plan of ways you can teach your kids um, when they're young in their home, specific ways how to teach them how to be honest and courageous and how to try new things and how to you Know all those be self reliant and all those. Do you think you could name them with uh, Oh, yeah, of, course, of course, I could. Name I don't them know them that on, I can but, remember but, everyone,
1: but we did that on the show in February. And, and what we want to do today is sort of come back to you and say, What are your 12 values? I'd, I would rather have a family sit down because the thinking we did. Early on in that book writing process of what are the values that we want for our children that they need in this world to grow up and to make good choices and so on. That was part of the part of the the benefit to us as parents is really thinking about what those joys would be. But then w- the real breakthrough was that once you as a parent figure out what those are and, and right now if you were listening and you. And you wanted to go on valuesparenting.com, you'd find the list of our 12 values. But I'd actually prefer you write a list first of what those values are, and then uh, for you, and then compare it with ours. But, but the real <laughs> point we want to get to and spend a little time on today is why is it such a big deal and such a beneficial thing? to have one value a month that you focus on. Here's, here's what we've figured out, and this is not just our experience, but that of so many other families. When you start a month off, maybe in a family meeting or a family home evening or whatever, and, and you establish, okay, our concentration, our focus in our family this month is going to be, let's say, the value of respect, and so we're going to talk about that. We're gonna think about it as a family. We're going to look for situations where that happens. We know a lot of families that'll that'll make a banner. The the Smith Family Value of the Month, respect. And they'll hang it in their in their kitchen or in their family room or whatever. And that becomes the focus. And what <laughs> surprised us is you know, because we were so busy in writing this book, trying to come up with methods. What's a story that teaches respect? What's a game that teaches respect? What's a an exercise you can do? how do you debrief kids and see if they're getting respect? Who are the people we respect? who are the what are the things we respect? We were getting so analytical about it and and that that was helpful for the book. but the feedback we got is that parents would say, you know, the main method is just to designate it as the value of the month, because then what happens is everything becomes an example. Once you're focused on it, you see someone who writes graffiti on the wall, and you say, is, is he respecting that person's property? Or you you hear or, someone talk back to a
0: to a parent, is that child respecting the parent? I mean, things just happen. Well, they do happen, but you have to have some things in mind you're gonna do. like. Um, of course, we never had any children that disrespected us. But oh, of course not. No, we had a child <laughs> who was driving us crazy one year, just driving us crazy, just talking back and being kind of disrespectful, like, how can you be so dumb? You know, those kinds of feelings. She didn't say that, but that in her voice, that's how she said it. And... um Or kids, you know, saying, nah, 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 I don't want to, you know. And we we figured that the best thing we could do to them is set it up in a family meeting. This is what's going to happen when you're disrespectful. We're going to just look at them and say, let's start over. And that is their clue that that is not appropriate. We're going to start over. You keep saying... Mm -hmm. Uh, What you just said until it turns into a respectful comment, and it really was kind of a fun little game. It's like, okay, let's start over. Sometimes it wasn't a game. They were mad, and we had to keep going. Okay, nope, that's not right. Let's start over. Let's start over until we got to the right response.
1: Well, uh, that is an interesting sideline, Linda, that a a lot of the problem that kids have with various values is not that they don't believe in them. It's just that they don't understand them. No one's ever really explained it to them. And respect is a good example because kids get in bad habits of talking and disrespecting and so on.
0: And especially and, today, I think our grandparents would have not allowed that for one second or it just wouldn't have occurred to the kids because nobody was doing that.
1: Right. But keep in mind, we're just using this as an example. And, and back to the main point let's say you you have this deliberate plan this is the value for this month the the surprising thing is it doesn't take as much work as you'd think once you've established that pattern you really begin to understand that everything in life is an example you'll see something on tv you'll see something on the computer You'll say, well, how does that involve respect? You're thinking all month long about respect. And the kids pick it up and they start noticing things.
0: Right. It really is fun. And actually, this carried on to something we couldn't even think of. Some friends of ours said, let's take this book, these 12 values, and let's do a CD that teaches kids values on the kids level because the parents can only do so much. And these are brilliant artists who some of you would know they are fabulous. And we actually will have a link to have to the values and so on on BYU radio. And also, um, we have this CD available, which is the most fun thing that you can put in the car while you're traveling. Somebody else can teach your kids values in a really creative way. And, uh, we have loved those they've been out many years, but they're timeless. They really are
1: So I guess uh, let me let me pull this into a challenge if you're a young parent listening today, and you have children in your home living in your home You and your spouse if you're a two-parent family if you're a single parent do this on your own or maybe with a grandparent take out a piece of paper and without looking at valuesparenting.com. See if, see what kind of list you would make up that would actually represent the very values that you most want to have your children learn. And then if you want to double check that against the thinking of other parents, go to valuesparenting.com and see, kind of refine your list, but try to get it down to 12 values and then work on focusing on one of those values every single month. What do you do when the year ends? You start over. Because imagine the difference in how an eight year old, for example, learns the value of respect and how he learns it now when he's nine and when he's 10 and imagine the legacy that you leave a child when he's been in your home and focused on each of your 12 values one month every year of the time he spent with you. This is a powerful legacy.
0: It really is. And it's not easy. Um, You have to keep your focus. That's the hardest part of parenting is keeping your focus. But it's so fun. Um, We think you'll really enjoy this little exercise. So give it a try. We congratulate you on what you have taught your children because we know we're talking to a very astute audience. Um, People who are raising great kids. We appreciate that. And... We'll see you again next time on Ayers on the
1: Road. Have a great week.